Hello and welcome to the Greenhouse Church Podcast. My name is Benj Gould and I'm the lead pastor. We are all about creating an environment where anyone can follow the way of Jesus. So we hope that this teaching helps you on your way. my own drink, so. <laughs> yeah, well, it's so lovely to be here. Thank you for the invitation, Benj and Mel and team, and it's always nice to come back to the coast. Yeah, we came up in the 90s, um, 92, I think, planted a church, and so it's been quite the journey, and then about three years ago, felt God um, calling us to Sydney, and I remember for years, Andrew's mum passed away probably eight years ago, and she kept saying, Carol, Andrew, when are you going to move back to Sydney? And we're like, never, mum, never, and uh, of course, three years ago, we moved back to Sydney. Well, it was a bit of a unique space. We moved into um, Newport, uh, it was January 2020, so just before COVID, I think we were there for a whole six weeks before COVID kind of happened, and so what a crazy space to be in. And I don't know about you, um, but during COVID, I learned a lot about myself. Um, I learned that I was not so great with uncertainty. I was, you know, quite addicted to certainty, (laughs) and and that sense of um, not so great with disappointment, and we sort of certainly learned a lot in that space, didn't we? The other thing that I found out about myself during COVID was that sense of, I don't know if it's the mask thing, but I'm becoming claustrophobic quite easily. And it's an interesting space, isn't it? When sometimes we just find ourselves thinking, oh, I just need a little bit of space to breathe. I remember reading um, Psalm 23, which I love that Benji just prayed that over us. And it's one of my favorite passages of scripture. And in the message, it says, true to your word, you let me catch my breath and send me in the right direction. And when I read that, I just heard the little whisper of God say, spiritual asthmatic. And I thought, oh, what's that? And that sense of often I felt like I have lived like a spiritual asthmatic, always going from one thing to the next and hurry and hurry and just never stopping to really catch my breath. And I don't know, does anyone else ever feel like that in the room? That life can be so frantic and so frenzied. And I I brought a little prop along with me today. I hope it doesn't. But sometimes it's like this jar of water, right? And we just kind of live like this, rushing here, rushing there, over there, doing this. And we're just always in this state of muddy And sometimes life can just feel like muddy. It can feel hard and it can feel rushed. But what would happen if we actually stopped? What would happen? Imagine the clarity that comes when we could actually stop and catch our breath. Can we take time to stop and pause and catch our breath? See, Jesus' invitation to us is life to the full, right? life to the full, a full and rich and beautiful life. But there's always that wrestle. And in, I love the passage um, that we're going to look at today in Luke, and it's the passage of Martha and Mary. And I find myself in that wrestle. I don't know whether you can put yourself into this story, but let's look at it together. I think we've got the passage on the screen. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. 
But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Have you ever thought that in your head? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. And Mary, Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. See, in this space, I don't know if you've ever felt like the Martha running around, preparing everything in the kitchen. She was worried, she was distracted, she was upset, she was absent. She was cooking up a storm and trying to impress her guest. And I've been in that place many a time. But Jesus said one thing, one thing worth being concerned about. There's just one thing. And what is that one thing? See, so easily I can sit in the posture of Martha, being distracted and and looking for the approval of others, trying to impress someone. But really, our identity can be, cap- can be wrapped up in what we do, in being productive, rather than in who we are. It's hard just to be and to sit at the feet of Jesus. I mean, gosh, who has time for that, really? Just to sit at the feet of Jesus. There's meals to make, there's kids to drop off at daycare and school and work to go to. So how can we actually practice sitting at the feet of Jesus? Well, today I want to talk a little bit about solitude and silence and their ancient practices and something that Jesus engaged with himself. And while, you know, it can feel like it's a monk or a monastic desert experience to go into solitude and silence, perhaps there's ways that we can introduce some of these little practices into our daily routines and into our daily life and what can that look like. See, often solitude and silence can feel like a challenge. And I love this quote um, from Ruth Haley Barton. I think we've got it on this screen. Solitude and silence challenge us on every level of our being. They challenge us culturally because nothing in our culture supports quietness and non-activity. Technology now intrudes in every aspect of our lives, and the idea of not being continually available by cell phone, beeper, and palm pilot is now almost unheard of. Solitude and silence challenge us on the level of our relationships, because it means that for the period of time we are not available to the people in our lives, and those we care about may resist our lack of availability. Solitude and silence challenge us I can't even say it, physiologically, (laughs) psychologically, that's it. I had to see it on the screen. Um, Because of all the forces of evil, sorry, did I just jump that? Yes, because the psyche knows that if we become quiet, we'll have to face those inner realities and emotions that we would prefer to avoid by distracting ourselves with noise and activity. Solitude and silence challenge us spiritually because all the forces of evil seek to prevent us from entering in because we become truly still, we may experience and know God in ways that will unseat Satan's power and dominion in our lives. Be still and know. So it's a challenge, isn't it? Sometimes if we actually stop and if we actually remain still, 
Sometimes there are things that rise to the surface, those inner realities that maybe we're forced to look at or think about for the first time, and that in itself can be quite daunting. And I know as um, we work with pastors now and we get to walk alongside them and um, mentor, coach, um, do supervision with them and also run spiritual retreats. And often as I invite pastors along, one of their greatest fears can be, well, what if God um, doesn't tell me anything? What if I go and and he just doesn't speak? Or, you know, what if he tells me something that I don't like? What if he calls me to another place or uh, to work overseas and all the things that go on in our heads? Imagine this, imagine that. And often that can be a tug, can't it? A distraction. And so sometimes it's just easy just to stay busy and not to sit down and face some of those inner realities. See, in Luke 5, we read that as often as possible, Jesus withdrew to an out-of-the-way place for prayer. And Jesus is the Son of God. I love that Jesus, he was God with skin on. He enters our world. He lives in limits. He still only has 24 hours of the day. He faces hunger and thirst and tiredness. And he shows us how to be fully human in that space. And so Jesus actually goes to faraway places or withdraws to speak to his heavenly father. So it's a reminder to us, if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for us. See, silence and solitude can be a place where we can just unplug from some of the distractions, some of the things that keep our head busy. And sometimes, you know, we've always constantly got devices attached to us, haven't we? And sometimes it's just a really healthy space to be able to put those things aside and unplug. And the other thing I think too is that often we've just lost the art of being bored, right? Our kids don't know how to be bored anymore and boredom's not such a bad thing. Sometimes we can have some of our most creative ideas just as we're thinking and reflecting in that space. Sometimes I think that solitude and silence can come across as like a dose of cod liver oil, you know, that sense of It's hard and bland, and why would you want to do that? And I feel like it can feel like a sense of absence. And I I just, you know, had that thought this week. Solitude and silence can feel like that sense of absence. There's an absence of words or absence of people. Or somehow it can feel like um, in the absence of noise, there's a fear of missing out. You know, FOMO, we're withdrawing and we're going to miss out on something really good. And that can be the tug within us to not want to make time for solitude and silence. But in the absence of distractions and in the absence of um, noise, there's another beautiful thing that happens and it's actually for us to experience the presence, the presence of Jesus with us. As we make room for him, there's an opportunity to experience his presence. And our inner life can connect with Jesus in a way um, that perhaps looks different because there's not that pull of distraction over us. Dallas Willard says, silence is not an absence, it's a presence, a positive reality. Consider the thought that it is sound that is the absence. So it's not, it's, it's this beautiful presence with Jesus, this opportunity to experience him, to meet with him in that space. 
And the more that we um, have moments of solitude and silence, they might be just little windows of opportunity in the day, that we can live from this quiet center of being with Jesus, that as we sit in his presence, it might only just be five minutes a day, just practice sitting in stillness and being with him, that we receive his peace. He's the prince of peace. And as we sit with him and as we um, just spend time with him and sit in his peace, we become peace carriers and bring peace into our anxious world. So it's such a beautiful promise to be able to sit with Jesus and receive his peace. Psalm 19, I love the message. It says, clean the slate, clean God, so that we can start the day afresh. Forgive me for the stupid sins of thinking I can take over your work. And I don't know about you, but I just need a walk in nature each day, just to see the waves crashing or the mountains or the sky thundering, just to be reminded of my relationship um, in nature, that God is the bigger, he's the creator, and I am the created. And sometimes we just need to put that back into perspective. I can so clearly be, it's okay, God, I've got this, it's all under control, you go off and save the world and I'll be right here just, you know, fixing things up and making it work out. And sometimes we forget that it's actually God is God and and I'm not. See, Ronald Rollheiser talks about prayer and solitude and he says, solitude, however, is a form of awareness. It's a way of being present and perceptive within all of life. It's having a dimension, dimension of reflectiveness in our daily lives that brings with it a sense of gratitude, appreciation, peacefulness, enjoyment, and prayer. It's the sense within ordinary life that life is precious, sacred, and enough. See, solitude and silence, we can have little snippets of it with us all day. You know, solitude and silence can happen at the sink. It can happen in the laundry. It can happen in the car on the way to work. Maybe it just means turning off the radio or turning down the music or just to be silent in our own thoughts and just to experience um, the presence of Jesus with us and to be able to invite him into that space. So as we perhaps go out and each day you might find a place that you love to connect with God. It might be at the beach, it might be connecting, just going for a walk around the block. It might be a favourite chair in your lounge room where you just like to take time to stop and to be still. There's also opportunities during the day to actually um, be able to connect with God as that ongoing conversation of prayer with God and making space for him during the day. I don't know if you realize it, but as you read the Old Testament, um, one of God's number number one complaints all through scripture was, my people just don't listen. My people just don't listen. And I kind of think about that and I think, gosh, that's kind of sad really, isn't it? Imagine God, or as a parent, right? going, oh, the kids, they just don't listen. I don't know if you've ever felt that as a parent or thought that, but it kind of makes me think, well, gosh, God, as your kid, I want to get better at listening. I want to get better at listening. Robert Mulholland says, silence is fasting from speaking to listen to God. 
Sometimes we can just talk at God. And sometimes there's space just to sit and actually just listen. It's still good to talk to him for sure. But sometimes instead, can we make space just to sit and to listen? Because prayer as much as about um, as speaking, as much as it is about speaking, it's also about listening to God. I guess in every season, um, for me in ministry over the last sort of 30 years, um, it's always been a case of, God, in this season, what does it look like? What do I need to do? What do I need to pay attention to? And when we were um, in ministry, at, um, based, I was based mostly in Bensville, working with women as an associate pastor there. I just felt, um, God, one day I was actually driving through Kingcumber Roundabout. I'll never forget it. And I just felt God say really clearly, Carol, you're a water carrier. And I went, oh, okay, a water carrier. The old water jar here. And I thought, oh, what, what, what do you mean, God? That's a bit odd. And he said, Carol, just go to the well each day, draw fresh water, like come to me each day, draw fresh water, fresh truth, come back and refresh your family and those that you work with, but teach others to go to the well. I thought, okay, God, I can do that, I think. (laughs) What does it look like to go to the well each day? What does it look like to be refreshed myself? What does it look like to refresh the community around us? And then in this season, just this, like last year and this year as we're working with pastors, I go, God, but what's my platform now? I don't get to get up on a Sunday and I don't get to to do what I used to do. What does that look like now? And I heard the words really clearly, Carol, just be a listening presence. And I went, oh, a listening presence. Oh, that sounds really boring, God. (laughs) Great, listening presence. (laughs) And I just heard him say, listen to me, listen to my guiding and directing so that you can be present and listen to others. And I go, okay, God, I think I can do that. Because there's a sense that often I am sitting with a pastor and it's about creating a safe place where they can actually go blah and tell me what's really going on. They don't have to play church. They don't have to impress me. They can just be real and honest. And often when you're just sitting with someone, there's real power in just actually just being with them, your presence. It's not so much that words are going to fix a situation, but presence is powerful. And years ago, I can remember um, a time in my life in ministry where I felt like I'd really just disappointed God. I felt so ashamed and so, oh God, I've really let you down. I can't believe that I've done that. And just just felt really alone. And I remember just bringing this sense of shame to God and I was just sitting there one day and I had my eyes closed and God gave me this picture. And it was like I was sitting in this little dark corner and I was all alone and I was just sitting there wallowing in my self-pity for a while. And then as I looked, I realised that Jesus was just sitting next to me in the darkness. And he was just sitting there And he wasn't saying, oh, Carol, clean your act up, get get yourself together, doll, and cheer on up. He was just sitting there with me in my dark corner. And then he said these beautiful words, Carol, you're not made to sit in dark corners. And I thought, oh, wow, God, how sweet that he would say that. Just in the most gentle, tender, beautiful way, you're not made to sit in dark corners. 
And in, in his gentle timing, he led me out. And it was a sense of, of him showing me and revealing a way forward. So Jesus' presence with us, he can speak volumes. He can speak to us. He meets us where we're at. And in this season, and again, as I ask God, well, okay, I'm a listening presence, but God, what does that look like? He said really clearly to me, Carol, just teach others to be with me. See, people, we can go to Bible college and you can learn how to do ministry and you know how to do your job, but how do we actually learn how to be with Jesus? Can we take time? Can we try new things and experiment with prayer and um, new practices that will help us just be with Jesus and connect with him? So in the mornings, I love to do this, and you might want to try this. I just love to go, okay, God, here I am on a Sunday. I don't know what I'm gonna, who I'm going to see today, but God, whoever that is, just just show me. Is there something that I need to know about today? And sometimes as I look through my diary, I think I'm going to see this person or this person. I say, God, just, just show me. Is there anything that I need to know for them today? And sometimes God will give me a word or just a picture for them that I take with me. And maybe there's time to share it with them if it's appropriate. Maybe not. But it just helps me pray for them, just to imagine what's going on for them. And so often it's I can't believe it because sometimes they're quite obscure pictures, but they can be so spot on when I actually meet with the person. I go, oh, God, yes, you're right. They are struggling in this area or whatever that looks like. So there's some really beautiful practices that we can do to help us stay present in the moment. Because so often we can live with, you know, one foot in yesterday, dwelling on all the things that we didn't do. And then we can have one foot in tomorrow, thinking about all the things that are going to happen and get anxious and worried and concerned. And when, how can we actually remain living in the present moment? Because the present moment is such a gift for us today. And we're only made to live in the present, Right? God says, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will have enough worries of itself. So today and this morning, I just want to just unpack a couple of little prayer practices. Um, one is called the lasso prayer. And I love this idea of sometimes things can circle around us. Sometimes things, um, we find there's fear, there's anxiety and worries. And so this is just, a, just a, this idea of stopping, noticing and naming those things and surrendering them to God. See, I love um, Philippians 4. It says, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praise shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. And before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. So, so often we can live with worry at the center of our life. And we're actually designed for Jesus to be at the center of our life. And sometimes things can get out, a little, get out of kilter. And so just this practice of, you know, when you find yourself feeling anxious and worried, just to notice, oh, feeling a little anxious about that. Just to name it, to take some of the... Um, some of the power out of that, and then just to offload it and bring it to Jesus. It's so simple and so um, just so helpful for me. 
It's just a way that we can practice telling God our truest thoughts, right? Just that sense of he's our heavenly dad and he wants to know what's going on for us. And I love that when we do that, the focus shifts from us and to God. We can just offload those things to God. See, when it comes to prayer, it's just a matter of pray as you can, not as you can't. Keep it simple, and I love that more than anything. And the second little practice, so that's the let's do prayer, you know, like grab it, name it, notice it, and hand it to God. And the other thing is just um, the sense of a, a breath prayer. Now, you guys might be familiar with a breath prayer. It's just finding something simple, a little one-liner um, that can remind yourself of God and his presence with you. So it might be just a few syllables, like, Jesus, you're here. Just reminding me of God's presence. Oh, Jesus, you're here. So you're going through your day, things are getting hard, oh, you're feeling overwhelmed. Oh, oh, Jesus, you're here. Thank you. Just a way to connect back into God. It might be, oh, Jesus, you're all I need. Oh, God, thank you. You're all I need. When the enemy tells you that you're not enough, oh, it's Jesus, yeah, you're all I need. You're my more than enough. Or Jesus, you're my home. You're my sense of home when I'm feeling restless. Thank you that you're my sense of home. Or it might just be help, help, Jesus. That might be your daily breath prayer. Oh, Jesus, just help. I need so much help today. See, Augustine said, your heart is made to rest in God. And we can find our true rest in God as we just surrender to him. So just in a little summary, solitude and silence, it can feel like an absence. I feel like I'm going to miss out as I step aside and try to turn down the noise a little. But it actually makes room for Jesus and his presence. And what a gift his presence is to us. And when we meet with him, when we know his presence, his presence brings peace. It brings clarity. It brings truth. It brings joy. And it and it just connects with us, and it's such a gift to us. In closing today, I'd love to just for you just to take some time. I'm going to just take you through a little guided prayer, just a couple of minutes as we close. And I'd love you just to get comfy, close your eyes, maybe just, you know, back straight, feet on the floor, just comfortable but relaxed, and maybe just placing your hands out if you feel comfortable, Just allow your hands to be open to receive from God. Just a sign that you're not grasping and gripping, but you want to let go and invite God into this space. And I just want to guide you through a prayer. So as I just speak, just allow this to be your prayer. Oh God, right here, right now, we still ourselves before you. Jesus, we know we're restless and the quiet is awkward, and our own thoughts can be really confronting. But God, we want to be fully present to you. And in these moments, we just pay attention to our breathing, and we just breathe in, and we say, Jesus, thank you that you are here. And we just breathe out. Oh God, thank you that you are closer than our breath. And we center our thoughts on you this morning. Forgive us for sanitizing and filtering our prayers. Pretending is just so tiring. 
So God, we know that you see us warts and all. And God, we just want to come simply and honestly. We're so sorry for the things we try and control, for the worries that easily creep into the centre and push you to the side. And often we just live with one foot in tomorrow and, and we miss out on the gift today. So we just stop and we just say thank you. Thank you for the gift, the precious gift of today. We just stop and we savour the joy of a brand new day and all that it holds. Oh God, right now we just notice the fears that distract us, the worries, anxieties, clutching for control, our greed, and need for approval, the things that have become idols that have crept in and taken your place. Oh God, let those things that we've stuffed under, just let them float to the surface, God. And Jesus, we pay attention to those things right now. We name them and we lasso them and we bring them into your presence and we simply lay them down. Jesus, help us to let go of the desire to cling to the things, these things, and to not keep taking them back, but to lay them at your feet. And Jesus, we were reminded of those who have offended us and hurt us. Help us to see your image in them. Help us to forgive. We think of those we love deeply and we just picture placing our arms around their shoulder and bringing them before you bringing them into your presence. Thank you that you see them, that as your creator you know already and exactly what they need, Jesus. So would you be their creator? Reveal yourself to those in our world, those who need you. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. Jesus, thank you for your love, that you are a safe place. Today we let down our walls, our guard, and we do this in the hope that you will speak and that we will hear you. So Jesus, as we make space for you, what would you say to us right now? What would you say to us? And as we just imagine that you're walking along a beach and you're holding the hand of Jesus and he stops and he looks at you.
And as you look down, he lifts your chin and he looks at you fairly in the eyes, the most loving gaze into your eyes. And I'm just going to invite you to do one simple thing, just to say the truest thing that you know how to say to Jesus right now. What is that one true thing that you would long to say to him right now? Jesus, thanks for seeing us, for knowing us, and for your presence with us now and always. And as I close, I just want to read a short poem by Ted Loder. Holy one, there is something I wanted to tell you, but there have been errands to run, bills to pay, arrangements to make, meetings to attend, washing to do, and I forget that I, what I wanted to say you, to you. And I forget how to do much of anything. Oh God, don't forget me, please, for the sake of Jesus Christ. What is the true thing you want to say? Holy one, is there something I wanted to tell you? Holy one, perhaps you have already heard what I wanted to tell you. What I wanted to ask in my blundering way is please don't give up on me. Oh God, please don't forget me. But laugh with me and try again with me, and I will with you too. Amen.